Hopefully he didn't get too distracted by that beard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's probably what ended up winning my guy of the fight. He was just too distracted <laughs> with the Muay Thai guy in the corner, you know? Welcome to Muay Yin, the first platform created to educate and inspire Muay Thai fighters and enthusiasts. We aim to pave a clearer path for those that need it the most. Equal pay, equal spotlight, equal opportunities. Muay Thai forever. Now, being a professional fighter, starting a podcast was not easy time-wise or financially. So first off, big thank you to Satra Wood for assisting me financially in purchasing my first set of podcasting equipment. Check them out for Muay Thai Apparel. They've got some super original designs in the form of Muay Thai shorts and shirts. Another shout out to my brother, Andrew, for helping out with the equipment as well. Hello and welcome to Muay the podcast. And today's topic is freedom. Today, we have Sean Fagan on the show. Sean Fagan is a professional Muay Thai fighter and owns a very popular website called Muay Thai Guy. He also runs a podcast himself called The Muay Thai Guys. Yeah, uh, he started Muay Thai Guy many years ago, and it's evolved into something that allows him to do what he loves without being tied down to a nine to five. Thanks for coming on to chat, Sean. How has your week been? uh week's been good i'm super excited to catch up with you like we were talking before you recorded it's uh we've like intertwined our careers uh since like the beginning and it's uh good to link up and, and chat sean you are the muay thai guy and uh you know just speaking about how we both started and how our lives have intertwined and then where we are now uh you know i've been following your days since your days on tumblr i know that you got a lot of your beginnings over there and in the beginning you were just casually documenting your experiences training and as a fighter and what you thought was cool and it was really cool to read back then because I was very very new to the sport and it was also refreshing to just hear things from someone as they're navigating through the Muay Thai world and that was well over 10 years ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now you're like traveling the world kind of like preaching and doing what you love so who is the Muay Thai guy? Like, how did you find Muay Thai? What got you into it? It's it's a crazy story. Um, I guess I'll try, I'll try to keep it relatively short. It's a long story. But essentially, I was always an athlete growing up. I played baseball and hockey and most team sports. But I always just always on like a bad team, more or less. I never got the type of playing time that I always wanted to. So I kind of felt overlooked. And then after high school, I went into community college and I was playing baseball to go to a four-year school and I had some scholarship offers. And then I ended up failing out because I just wasn't enjoying school. I'm not the classroom type of person. And so I ended up just kind of not knowing what to do. And before with school, when I was forced to read, I didn't really enjoy reading at all. But after college and everything, I actually started reading books that I enjoyed reading. And two of them was uh, The Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan and Mm -hmm. The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And I almost read them basically at the same time. And so both of those ideas kind of manifested because the fighter's heart is about this guy's journey traveling around the world, studying martial arts. And Thailand was his first trip. He had his first fight and he just made it sound like such a cool experience, such a introspective experience. And then Tim Ferriss, he's like the, the godfather of like the four hour work week, right? The online business, the freedom, being able to kind of live life on your own terms. And so when I read both of those at the same time, the idea kind of just sparked a little bit about like, huh, how could I like figure all this kind of stuff out? 
at the time I was just starting training boxing and I just started training Muay Thai and MMA and a lot of fights kept falling through back in New York because it was still like growing and we were upstate New York and so it was hard to find fights anywhere near us. And so I ended up playing poker online. I still play poker online, but I won a pretty large tournament uh, for like $15,000. Like this was wow. like 12 years ago. Oh my God. It, it was crazy. It was so crazy. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, my lease ended my girlfriend broke up with me and I got fired from my job and I fell out of school. So all the stars kind of aligned. Like, I guess I should just travel to Thailand and, and test this out and see, see what I'm made of. And so I flew to Thailand. I had my first three fights and it really wasn't until after my third fight where I really fell in love with it because it was such a challenging fight and I ended up losing, but it was such an insightful experience to like who I was and I was pushed so much farther than I ever imagined and it became like an addicting feeling that I wanted to keep pursuing. And I remember going back to my bungalow in Thailand and just look, I remember vividly looking in the mirror and just like telling myself like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to put the four hour work week and the fighters heart together and try to make it my own. And that's where uh, Muay Thai guy started. And you manifested it, right? <laughs> I manifested like, yeah, that is, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> and and when you say like it, it wasn't until like your third fight that you like fell in love with it. Like so, like one and two, were you just doing it for the sake of doing it, just to kind of see if you would win, or? Yeah, I I was trying to prove to myself that I was as tough as I thought I was. I always shied away from confrontation as a kid, uh, wrestling and like those uh, really physical sports. I, I tended to avoid, but in hockey, I, I kept fighting people. And that's actually where like my fight career started was like hockey. And my mom, uh, one day, cause I was in the penalty box for like more than half the game, told me I should join the boxing gym instead of playing hockey. Cause I'm just fighting all the time anyway. And so it just kind of naturally evolved. And uh, everyone, well, in the beginning, a lot of it was also ego too. It was just a lot of me trying to prove my worth to the people around me, uh, feel cool, feel like a, a badass fighter guy, you know? And so although it started for a variety of reasons, it's ultimately been like one of the most impactful learning tools uh, in myself and just in life in general. And so although I didn't go into the sport thinking, oh, I'm going to learn so much about myself, uh, I definitely have. And so I'm grateful for that. That's definitely something a lot of people learn as they're on their journey. Like, you know, you hear all these things and you hear all these high level fighters talking and just really comparing the the lessons you learn through training, through fighting, to life lessons, and it's really not until like you're you're on your way to kind of getting there too that you're like, oh yeah, I get it. Like there's mm -hmm. a, there's a lot that you can get out of this. How did you set up Muay Thai Guy to be the way it is now? Because when you first started, so was your very very first platform Tumblr, or did you have MuayThaiGuy.com before that? I had MuayThaiGuy.com and I was like writing a couple blog posts every now and then. And then I signed up for, it was way back in the day. It was like a website builder course. And it kind of told you how to, taught you like step-by-step step how to create a website, how to create a brand and that kind of stuff. And it told me to like also be on social media. So I was also on Tumblr and Facebook early on. And that was where most of my, my fan base came from at first. And that's where I was also able to kind of write the most more intimate kind of stuff. And so that was able to really connect with people on a, on a different type of level. And then it just kind of patchworked it together. Like I still feel like I barely know what I'm doing and I'm just kind of faking it. And like, I'm like, no one knows how crazy it is in the background. It all looks like calm on the surface, but in the background, I'm still figuring things out. And it's, uh, it's just kind of like fighting. There's a lot of parallels to fighting and not just life, but like entrepreneurship. Uh, the ups and downs are incredible and people see the, the win at the end of the day, but they don't see the times you get knocked down and kind of kicked while you're down. And so uh, 
it's been just as insightful journey doing like the entrepreneur thing as it has been uh, fighting as well. And, you know, you were one of the first people to create a platform like yourselves. Now we have several, not many of which are very active, but Muay Thai Guy has been active throughout the years. And it's been such a valuable research (laughs) resource for people of all levels, but especially for those starting out, because everything that you see on the site is is like it's casual. It's very it aims to help people. It's like I know you have some ebooks about like Muay Thai combos and, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's very beginner friendly. And and I feel like there are some other websites, again, not saying anything about about them. They're geared more towards fighters and people Mm -hmm. who already have their feet wet in the scene. So is it safe to say that most of your fan base are beginners? Yeah, I mean, one of my the reasons I started Muay Thai Guy uh, besides was to like document my journey and ideally make a uh, income from it was also to kind of like spread the world of mu- Muay Thai, right? Kind of like be a ambassador for the sport in a way because it's changed me so much as a human. And I feel like the more people who are exposed to it and are able to kind of get into it, it has that much more chance to create that kind of ripple effect of change and positivity. And so although I would love to, and I do like train with fighters and sometimes I talk more high level stuff, but uh, the beginners are definitely the ones who are like in the beginning, you know how it is. You're like super passionate. You're kind of naive with like how hard it is. Just hungry for more. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so like those tend to be uh, the people who are just sticking around for the long run too. And they they remember me at the roots and then they go to the other sites and dive a little bit deeper. And also I've always just, uh, I've documented my journey, right? So like Muay Thai guy started with me just kind of telling people about my experience and what I was learning. And by no means am I like a world-class fighter. I think I'm a a good above average fighter, but I'm not like a, a world champion, right? And so I think I can relate to a lot of people who are just doing it for the self exploration and for the fun and for the fitness. And although I've been striving to become a world champion, it's never been like the end all be all. It's just been kind of a goal I've been aiming for because I'm a very goal-oriented person. And I need something to be striving for. And so it's been nice to be able to see people. Uh, like I went to Lion Fight this past weekend and uh, cornered a friend. And then just people recognizing me. Like my my friend's opponent recognized me and wanted pictures with me at the end of it in his corner and everything. And it's just... Uh, it's Hopefully crazy. he didn't get too distracted by that beard. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's probably what ended up winning my guy in the fight. He was just too distracted <laughs> with the Muay Thai guy in the corner. You know? Could you talk a little bit about you know, everyone sees the product of what you have, but they don't see what went into it along the way. What kind of challenges did you encounter on the way to making Muay Thai Guy financially viable as it is now? Uh, a variety of challenges, really. Um, the main thing is like, well, first off, you don't get into Muay Thai for the money, right? It's not like a lucrative sport where you're like, I'm going to get rich doing Muay Thai. And so I knew it was going to be a little bit of a struggle and like uh, pinching pennies early on. Uh, I just didn't expect it to be as long as it was. And so I had to rely on my now wife to pay bills for a little early on. I needed to uh, pick up extra work on the side every now and then while still also hustling, training for fights and also doing the the website. And so I sacrificed a lot of social life and didn't get to experience as much as I might have wanted to at a younger age because on Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday days, I'm working on the website. And most of the time, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just plugging away, trying to piece it all together. And then a lot of, uh, just a lot of times you are really optimistic about certain products being launched or courses being launched or things that are, this is it. Like I'm going to be financially free now. I'm going to have the money to do what I want. And there were so many 
uh, just false hopes of uh, just complete disasters and complete failures that uh, really hit me while I was like down and it made me question whether or not I should continue on this. And then in addition to that, also tying the business uh, directly with like my fight career, um, whether I do that again, in, if I were to do it over again, I'm not totally sure. There's a lot of benefit to it, but it also put some unneeded pressure on myself to have this type of like facade and, and be this type of person that I, I was enjoying being, but it was, it got weird after a while when people started to recognize me and stuff. And so that was a, a little bit of a existential dilemma of uh, trying to figure <laughs> out like, who I was and like, am I who I am on social media? I'm the Muay Thai guy. Am I Sean Fagan? Like, like, who am I? And, uh, and also just dealing with the, the typical haters and like internet trolls and stuff. And I have learned to appreciate them a little bit more because now I'm in a place where I'm like comfortable and happy and like relatively successful. I can kind of laugh at it. But back when I was like trying to figure it all out, I took a lot of it to heart and a lot of it really, uh, just messed with my mental attitude towards fighting, towards entrepreneurship and made me question myself a lot. But I stood true into my like vision and what I wanted uh, for my life and for my, my family around me. And uh, that belief was the, the power to everything. And that's kind of related to every champion, you know, believed in themselves and like had this just nonstop belief. And although I believed in myself as a fighter, I believed in myself more as an entrepreneur uh, than I have a fighter. So that's helped me kind of overcome these obstacles so you had you had just the utmost faith that like okay this is not going to work but i'm going to keep going keep going keep going until something does work yeah it's kind of just the i'm really stubborn and so like when i set my <laughs> mind to do something i'm just going to end up doing it and i don't care how long it's going to take me I'll, I'll figure it out and so this was something because i remember I, I worked some great jobs like i i was an ice skating instructor i was a baseball instructor i was a a lifeguard. I was a, mar a kids martial arts instructor, and all, all my boss all athletic jobs, by the way, all athletic <laughs> jobs, yeah. And uh, and a waiter at Red Lobster, by the way. So that is a little of a sign, <laughs> just to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all throughout those, I had great bosses and everything. But I hated the idea of working for someone, and like I would work. I'm a good worker, and so I'd work really hard. And no matter how hard I worked, I always got paid the same. Where entrepreneurship, although in the beginning I, I understood it was a, a long term investment of time and energy and money. Uh, I knew that it would eventually pay off and kind of compound over time. So I just kept sticking with it. Uh, I had that stubborn belief. And fortunately, I had people around me who believed me as well. My, my father has been a big uh, impact on me in that regard. He always believed in my ability to figure this shit out. And then uh, my wife, Liz, has been with me since pretty much the beginning of this as well and has been a rock. Uh, through the ups and downs too. I, oh my God. As you were talking, I had all these questions, but I didn't want to interrupt you because it was just like, you're talking with such passion and I was like, oh my God, keep going. Keep telling me more. <laughs> um, what year did you start Muay Thai Guy? This is a question that I don't even, even know. I think it was like uh, like 2010 or 2011, I think. Okay. Okay. Because it's definitely been more than 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when I actually had the like business entity, I guess, was like 2011, I would say. 2011. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how many years did it take with the trial and error and all these like downfalls yeah. for you to be like, to be comfortable in just focusing on the platform as opposed to like, oh, I still need all these part-time jobs to sustain myself as a fighter, as an entrepreneur, as whatever? Um, it probably took me a little over five years, maybe maybe close to six years, where there was a lot of those events where I thought like this was the one, and then it just wasn't. And eventually, it was uh, ironically, it was just kind of 
it was a Thailand trip. Me and my, my uh, wife, we traveled around for six months, just explored the country. And it was her first time there. It was like my fourth or fifth time there. And we were just enjoying it and traveling and just not worrying about things. And because I thought I'd be able to make money by the end of the six months to uh, kind of keep us afloat, uh, whether we want to move back to the States or not. Uh, that didn't work out. And we were moving back and or flying back and we had like no money. So I was like, shit, what's, what's going to happen? And then a mentor, one of my first mentors reached out just randomly. He was in the jujitsu niche. His name was uh, Dan Fragella. And he just kind of reached out to me and saw my following. And he, he just kind of thought, I don't know, it just the universe kind of sent him my way. And then he taught me a, lo- a lot about online business and like the online marketing aspects of it and how to create products that sell. And from there, that was the the ticket to like being able to be financially free. And although that wasn't like the thing, like I still had to work for years until it became a little bit more consistent. That gave me like that type of because I was on the verge of like, you know what, I guess I have to work a normal job because this just isn't working. And he reached out and I made a little bit of money, just a couple grand. I was like, wow, like this, I can do this. Like I can figure this out. And that, that's what I needed. How did you split your day when you were first trying to figure out everything up until you were making money? And how do you spend your days now running the platform? So when I started, I I was working mainly at at Red Lobster because that was a good part-time job that allowed me for flexible work hours and was good cash uh, because of the tips and everything. And so usually I worked that on the weekends or, or during the days. Then I would train uh, in the evening time, and I would do my work online in the mornings and on the weekends, and essentially really didn't have much other time to do anything. So that was a uh, pretty full on, and it, it just took a while to to figure it all out. And then now my days are so random, depending on the day, uh, to be honest, because it just now I'm at the point where I have almost too much freedom, where I have to make all these choices that. I don't have to do anything. Like I could just sit around all day and do nothing, but uh, it never makes me feel good. So now I've had to create some type of structure and accountability with myself uh, in a routine. But since we're in the States right now with my, currently with my family, because uh, we traveled back from Thailand and we're just visiting, but now we're moving back and now all this stuff is happening. So a day in a life for me is just no, no day is the same. No day is the same. I always work yeah. out. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're clearly an athlete in more ways than one, so makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So a lot of trial and error in the beginning, and without getting like super technical, like into like the you know the content marketing jargon and stuff. What was the process of like taking Muay Thai guy from being a blog to? what it is now because now you have like Muay Thai vacations you have ebooks you have an online course Mm -hmm. I have a membership site as well you have yeah so you have a membership site uh you have the podcast so it's just it's kind of like it's turned into this thing with all these different ways of, of connecting to people so without getting into the very very technical side of things after all the trial and error if someone wanted to do something similar what are the general steps that they can take to do so well, you need a platform. You need to, if I would, I would do so many things differently. And uh, I, I hope to teach this uh, one day to people uh-huh. who want to do it. Picking one platform and sticking to one platform and get really good at that, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, podcast, uh, I think is really key. Uh, mm-hmm. I try to do it all. And so I was 
Not that it was a bad thing, but since I'm ADD, I just do one thing and then I get the shiny object, then I'm on to the next thing and then I'm on to the next thing and I never really finish things completely sometimes. But I just keep, it's like spinning a bunch of plates at once, right? You have to keep going back to one plate to the other plate before they fall. And so it, it took a lot of a lot of balance and a lot of just creative thinking to figure it all out. But if I were to do it all over again, that, that was your original question, is I would pick one platform, get really fucking good at it, figure out uh, how to establish yourself as an authority in one form or another, whether, whether it's by interviewing people or becoming really experienced and knowledgeable in your field. And then using whatever platform you have in addition to your authority to start building your email list. Cause the email is really where I'm able to develop good connect, like intimate connections with people. Cause social media, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know how social media is. It just gets a little crazy. And there's a lot of people's uh, opinions on there where email, you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people. And I, I enjoy writing and it's, it's just nice to be able to have like a pen pal. I just have like thousands of pen pals that I get to write back and forth to. And so it's able to develop a type of connection that you can't really develop on uh, social media. And it's also a valuable asset in regards to with social media, your account can get banned, your things get taken down or censored with email, you always have someone's email. And so it's kind of like a, a more tangible asset. And then from there, you can create automations to kind of funnel into different offers and products that you have, and then uh, take it from there. Th th there's a lot to it, but platform, authority, and like email are like the, the main three things. It's interesting you say email. Like I'm also like into like content marketing and stuff. So I understand the importance of having email, but when people look at like communication, they think of like, okay, first it was like snail mail. Then after snail mm. mail, it went to text message. Uh, well, after snail mail, it went to emails and then emails went to text messages and now text messages went to like video and so on and so forth. And it's just interesting that we kind of are going back in a way. It's like, all right, this is a lot more simple. There's less involved and this is more authentic in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's just less, uh, it's less distraction as well. Cause like when you're on social media, you have all these different notifications and ads getting thrown your way. And an email is just a page with people's letters and words on there. And that, that's it. And so mm -hmm. like the simplified version, maybe, maybe we're becoming old school and, and the kids nowadays will be doing all about social media. But I feel like email will always be at a core foundation for online business because it's just, uh, it, you don't get as distracted easily. You're not trying to, uh, compete with other people. Although at some, some aspects you are because other people are email marketing. We're always signing up for stuff and then you have to unsubscribe from other people's lists and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but email, that's where it's at okay. for sure. <laughs> Can you tell me more about Muay Thai vacations? Uh, how did you think about that? I, I mean, I'm sure it was like such a cool idea to come up with Like, oh my God, let's get a whole bunch of people who love Muay Thai together in like paradise somewhere and just train Muay Thai for a few weeks. Yeah, it happened really organically. It wasn't even an idea. It, it wasn't even one of my ideas. A, a guy from uh, the Jungle's Edge in Costa Rica, where we currently host retreats uh, pretty much yearly, uh, he just reached out to me with the idea, hey, you want to host a Muay Thai re retreat? And at the time, I didn't even know there was such a thing. And uh, I was like, a Muay Thai retreat? Like, I've heard of yoga retreats, but I didn't think like martial arts was a retreat type of thing. And so he kind of sold me on the idea. And I was like, you know what? At the very least, we're going to Costa Rica and we're going to have fun doing it. And so our first retreat, we ended up having just four people. 
Uh, we ended up losing money on it and everything, but it was a great experience. And then we just kind of decided that this was going to be a long-term thing. So let's just keep doing it at least once or twice a year. And then it just kind of kept building. And then eventually Kong Sita in Thailand reached out to me about hosting a camp in Thailand. And then I was like, yeah, that sounds cool too. Like shit, I'll hold a, host a camp in Thailand. And so then that happened. And then Diamond wanted me to host a camp there. I was like, sure, that sounds cool. And then a guy who came to Costa Rica, uh, who actually is in my hometown, uh, funny enough, he has a place in Greece. He's like, you should do a retreat in Greece. I was like, yeah, cool. Just like go set it up. And uh, he set it up and then we did it. And he ended up marrying me and my wife and being a part of the retreat and everything. Oh, wow. it's, uh, it's it's just, it's so crazy when I talk, when I say it out loud, like all this stuff, but uh, it really just happened kind of organically. And we've always loved travel. We've always loved Muay Thai. And with Muay Thai vacations, that is one of the places I feel most myself because the people around me are much more like me than everyday life. Like if I'm just walking around the States or in Thailand even, it's just like the the group of people who are just as crazy as me and who love travel and Muay Thai just as much as me. And there's, there's very few of those type of people around, at least from my experience. So you said Costa Rica, Greece, and Thailand. Were there any other countries so far? Or uh, Spain. We did in Spain as well. And Spain was a lot of fun. Uh, it was yeah. stressful though, because uh, so in Costa Rica, in Greece, and Thailand, we always have like a secondary uh, re retreat re resort or gym or someone to like kind of be co-hosting it with in Spain. We decided to rent out an Airbnb, like a mansion and, uh, just do it all ourselves. And it was so stressful. And it was my, it was our first, uh, an uh wedding anniversary as well. And so it was just, uh, we overbooked. And so me and, uh, Liz had to end up sleeping in the, in the, the billiards room and which had like no privacy or anything, but, uh, it was an experience and it was a lot of fun and, uh, I want to do it any other way, but, uh, I would from now on, we're always having co-hosts though, and people organize restaurants and food. And I'm just focusing on the training and just having a good time. That's my, my game plan. How many people usually go? Uh, so these upcoming Costa Rica retreats, we have 25 people per, and then in Thailand, usually it's around 20 people, Greece, 20 people. So now it's it's around 20 people. We don't want to go too much more than that, though. Uh, we bring co-hosts and other fighters and stuff as well to kind of make sure everyone's getting enough individual attention. And also, it's kind of it's somewhat different in Thailand than it is anywhere else because Thailand, you have all these Muay Thai trainers at the gym. So I'm not necessarily training people. I'm just more training with people and, and, and sharing some of my experience and sparring and that kind of stuff where the retreats in Greece and Costa Rica and other parts of the world I'm hosting like pretty much seminars every day where we're just going through a variety of techniques, partner drills and, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. I want to go on one of my retreats, you know, but I can't yet. I have to, uh, I'm trying to get it to the stage where other people uh, like maybe someone like you and other fighters who have uh, experience in teaching ability to uh, host these. And then I could ideally go to one of my own retreats as a, as a camper, as opposed to a, a host. I like how you keep everything relatively small, like ideal classroom size, because you can really get to know everyone as opposed to like, if you have like 50 or a hundred people, it's like, you might get like five minutes of conversation per person and you just kind of like forget them when they leave. Yeah. I, I like the, the intimacy of uh, Muay Thai and martial arts, you know, once it gets too too big of a, a group, um, that's why I've never trained at like places like Tiger Muay Thai and like all, some of the like really big gyms. It's because I always felt like maybe it's just my prejudice and like just some uh, judgment towards them before even going there. But I always felt like it was just like too many people. I don't want to be around so many people. 
And uh, mm-hmm. it's nice to have smaller groups and be able to develop uh, relationships as opposed to just being like a, a number. I could totally have no idea what I'm talking about because I've never been to those gyms, but that's just I've my- I've heard uh, Tiger Muay Thai being described as the McDonald's of Muay Thai gyms. Oh yeah. Cause it's, yeah. it's hard, right? Cause th- th- then so many good fighters come out of there and everything. And so I guess it kind of depends, but yeah, it seems like just uh too big for my liking. And if I, if, and when I open up a gym, it's going to be like a small boutique gym. I mm, feel like mm, uh, that, that's just more my style to each their own. Huh? Mm-hmm. What is your goal with Muay Thai guy? I know it's a popular site among newer people who are looking for all these resources, but is there an end goal for it to you? Hmm. That's a good question. I want to say there's an end goal. Like the the main goal of it, like I was saying before, was to essentially just create a ripple effect of of impact through Muay Thai. And I am able to use my platform, Muay Thai Guy, as that uh, catalyst of of growth and reflection for other people. And so I just want it to keep growing and to keep changing people's lives. The more people I help, the better. And it's just kind of, it's like a selfish thing to want to help people because it makes me feel so good, you know? And then also by helping people, I'm able to generate more money with that. And then the more money I'm able to make, the more I'm able to use that in good causes that I want to give back to like Warwatana or like stray dogs in Thailand. And I want to be able to open up a shelter one day. And so really it's a, it's a vehicle for uh, growth and trying to be more of a, a champion of life as opposed to just a champion in the ring. And I eventually want to start coaching more like high performance coaching type of stuff where I'm going over goal setting, just mindset, uh, routine, ritual, scheduling, all that kind of stuff. Because I feel like that is what uh, can really change your life. Because Muay Thai has given me a lot of tools that I use and apply in my life, but it's taken me a while to kind of configure exactly how I'm doing it all. I, I At first, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it. But now I'm able to take a step back and kind of see what I'm doing. And I want to be able to teach that to other people. So I guess the goal with Muay Thai Guy is just to to impact the world for good. <laughs> As cliche and corny that sounds. <laughs> I mean, but it's 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 coming from such a genuine place. It's not like you just like took that saying and you're just like saying it without meaning it. Like it, your passion for the sport and your authenticity like clearly shows. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. One thing I remember I got interviewed for Humans of Fighting once and uh, they asked me if there was one word I want people to remember me as. Uh, what would it be? And mine was, I just want to be like authentic and genuine and just like be myself. Cause at one point throughout this whole journey, uh, with social media and being a fighter, you kind of lose yourself in a way, uh, that's hard to explain, but I didn't really know who I was, uh, for a little while in the sport. And I always want to come, come back to my roots and make sure I'm, I'm staying grounded. And so it's good to hear that, uh, it, it, it comes off and I, I appreciate you saying that. Oh yeah. I mean, the fact that I've been following your platform for so long, it's, I never thought that you were a fake person. Like I do come across some social media accounts and some, some things. And I'm just kind of like, is this person just saying this to get attention? Is this person saying this for like some other intention? Like, I think because like, also I've talked to you, you know, outside of a gym setting, outside of a Muay Thai setting, just like, you know, on podcasts, I used to write for Muay Thai Guy. So, you know, I spoke Mm -hmm. to you a lot about, you know, writing and topics and stuff like that. You, you never, ever struck me as somewhat inauthentic. And I think that's so important because you are this person with like this, like massive following for yourself and for your platform, for everything else that you do. But at the same time, it's like, you never really lost the notion that you need to, you're connecting with people and you're not connecting with numbers. 
Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I've lost it in and out of the entire journey and it, it took me to lose it, to understand it a little bit more. And that was some of the identity crisis these I, I was having was just like not knowing like what I'm doing. Cause I remember, uh, as recently as like 2019 in uh, Thailand, I, I just kept getting, uh, people kept recognizing me. And then I kept want, they kept wanting pictures with me and I kept saying the same like canned phrases to them. I was like, what am I even saying? Like, who am I? Like, am I even saying what I'm actually thinking? Or is this just my automatic thing that I say now? And that really caught me off guard and made me take a, take a step back and rethink like how I was showing up on social media. Because like you said, social media is a, a really complicated place. And uh, it's only gotten more and more complicated as the world has become much more uh, connected, I guess you could say. And so I was fortunate to get in early rounds, I guess you could say, and be able to kind of establish myself early, where now I'm just kind of trying to use social media as a way to just kind of share my life, uh, share my thoughts without really trying to uh, just come across as, uh, I don't know, it, it's it's so weird to show up on social media. I'm sure you can relate, especially people who are starting like now, uh, you have to, it's so saturated with so many people, it, it must be so hard to stand out. So I get why people are saying certain things to stand out and trying to grab attention and stuff. So I, I see what people are doing and I understand it because I did a lot of that in the beginning and I didn't understand that I was coming off like used cars, man, sales mini, or I was coming off disingenuine. Like I was just trying to figure it out. And so I think as long as you kind of look at it, that lens, like everyone's just trying to figure this game called life out, then it, it kind of takes off the, the edge a little bit when you're mm. reading other people's posts and stuff, you know? Yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe I should start being so harsh on other people. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, I understand. I am harsh too, and I judge so hard. So don't worry. <laughs> if Muay Thai guy never took took off, or you've never even started it, what do you think your life would be like now? Like, I'm sure you don't even want to think about it, but I'm I'm pretty sure you have given it some, some thought at some point. Do you think that you would actually have taken your fight career further, or would you mm. have stopped fighting, or what else would you be doing? Yeah, I don't know. Cause like part of me thinks that like Muay Thai guy got in the way of my fight career and then my fight career got in the way of Muay Thai guy. But whenever I try to do one or the other, I was just losing my mind. Cause I was just like, I need to do more. Like I just can't do one thing. And each of them by themselves didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. So it's not what you manifested. No, not what I manifested <laughs> at all. And so like fighting was a tool, right? Fighting was a tool to help me get uh, to this style life of freedom that I want to live and be able to impact people. But it was never like the main goal was to like, it was to be the best fighter I could be, but it wasn't to be the best fighter in the world. That was never my goal. Um, but other than that, I, I would probably end up being a personal trainer. I used to do like group, uh, I used to teach body pump and body combat back in the day and like group fitness classes. And like, uh, I guess that's where I'm able to do like these online workouts kind of well. Cause I used to teach like online fitness classes and do all these fitness related things. So I would definitely be in the fitness field, probably a personal trainer or something if I were to guess. So, you know, today's topic was freedom. Like what does freedom mean to Sean Fagan? Freedom means being able to do what I want, when I want, how I want, whenever I want. And so I've always been striving for that. And it's a combination of emotional freedom, uh, spiritual freedom, like physical geographic freedom, financial freedom is, is all of the things combined. And so there's this term called Aikigai uh, from the Japanese philosophy of like having, finding the right like center point between your vocation, your passion and, and everything in between. And so I've always been trying to like strive to find that center point in my life. And uh, it's been, you almost like never find it, but essentially that's what I'm trying to find is like that, that personal and financial and spiritual freedom 
that uh that it's hard to come by, but it's kind of like the pursuit of becoming a, a martial artist, right? You know that you're striving for perfection, knowing that you'll never reach it. And that's kind of how I'm, I'm trying to figure out freedom and, and life in that sense. Mm. Was there anything that we didn't get to cover or talk about that you would like to talk about? Um, no, I mean, that was a pretty diverse conversation, I feel like. And uh, yeah, it's been so good being able to catch up. I haven't done a podcast for a little while, so it was nice to kind of verbalize some of the thoughts that have been going on in my head. So uh, thank you for that. Oh, yeah, no problem. What can people expect from the Muay Thai guy in the near future? So they can expect a coaching program called Champion of Life, where I'm going to be doing some high performance coaching and, and sharing some of my uh, methodologies and, and tactics for goal setting for uh, morning routines, evening routines, and everything in between. Because I've always been very goal oriented. I've always been trying to uh, pursue certain things. I want to kind of help other people do that. So I'm creating like a systemized approach to teach people how to be a champion in all aspects of their life. So this way you can be a champion uh, husband or father as well as a champion fighter or a champion employee or a champion boss or whatever it is. But try to be a champion in, in all aspects. And uh, other than that, be teaching seminars and stuff. I'm kind of just going with the flow right now. A lot is happening with my life. Uh, like I was saying before the podcast, my wife is now pregnant. And so we're moving back uh, to the States and doing all the domesticated things, right? I've been living in Thailand for three years and kind of been very simple, hopping on a motorbike, going to training, and not really worrying about all the responsibilities that comes with living in the West. And so uh, I'm going to figure out all my responsibilities before I uh, decide to do anything else. I think. Well, we'll see. I probably will end up doing something else as well because I, I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you just uh, can't keep still. You just got to have things no. that make you feel, <laughs> feel challenged, which says a yes. lot about you. So. Yes. Thank you. Well, congratulations and best of luck with whatever you have going on in the, in the next few months. Uh, looks like a lot of exciting things happening, a lot of big moments happening in your life. So Indeed. Thank you. <laughs> And Sean, how can people find you, find your platform? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, you can just go to Muay Thai Guy. Uh, just Google Muay Thai Guy or go to MuayThaiGuy.com. And then from there, you could probably find uh, most of the resources uh, from me that you need. And then, uh, yeah, email is the best way to contact me because uh, social media tends to get a little overwhelming. And so uh, if you ever need something, you could email me at Sean at KnockOneNation.com. And I try to personally uh, write back to every single one. Uh, my assistant, Scott, who Angela knows very well, he he helps me with it because I, I get quite an a, a influx of uh, emails, but he helps me sort through it. And I try to make sure to, to get back to the ones that are like personalized to me. So uh, that's the best way. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Sean. Uh, I'm your host, Angela Chang. And if you would like to follow me, I'm on Instagram.com slash Angela Seton. That's A-N-G-L-A-S-I-T-A-N. You can look at the content on Muiying at muiying.com. And we're also on Patreon as patreon.com slash muiying. Thanks for coming on, Sean. It was really good talking to you. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for listening to Muiying, the first platform focused on those in the Muay Thai community that deserve more attention than they get. For more information on training, fighting, living in Thailand, and other episodes, please visit muiying.com. This is your host, Angela Chang, signing off. See you in the next episode of Moying.